Viva Los Angelitos! This is Fernando with Halos of the Infield. Do you love sunflower seeds as much as I do? Well, you can't say you do until you try Chinook Cedary. Chinook Cedary is truly the top dog in the industry. Here's why. They have so many delicious flavors to choose from. Jalapeno Ranch, Hatch Chili, Cinnamon Toast, Dill Pickle, and my personal favorite, Parmesan Pepper. If you need sunflower seeds when you play sports, or if you travel the country as much as I do and you need a quick and convenient snack on the go, Shunduk Cedary is truly for you. For easy ordering access, check out halosintheinfield.com. Click on the banner, and there you go. Just order the seeds. You can even order a variety pack sent straight to your house or any of those delicious flavors that I just mentioned sent straight to your house. Quick and convenient. Still don't believe me that Chinook Cedary is the best seed out there? Less salt, all the flavor, I promise. I've tried them all and I love them all. Signature roast, no sandpaper tongue. Gluten-free, no MSG ever. Chinook Cedary is truly the top dog in the market and we would know as the top dogs in the podcast universe. Have a great day, everybody. And remember, Chinook Cedary is great. Prendalo and viva los angelitos and viva Chinook Cedary. You are now listening to Halos in the Infield, an Angels baseball exclusive podcast. Hey, 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 welcome into another episode of Halos in the Infield, the podcast form. Also on YouTube, this is Todd Fox with the other host of the show. Fernando Mendez, Viva Los Angelitos. Wait, 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 what came up on camera right there? What's that all about? Oh, the Chinook seeds. We'll talk about these babies later. Ooh, jalapeno ranch. You already got my mouth watering. But on this version, we're going to get started here with a 2009 season review we're going to talk about the players that were on the team how the team did this is a another one of our series of season review episodes so if you got anything to start off with fernando before we get started or do you want to just jump right into it we will jump right into it i don't know what that was it was it was like me diving in i guess practicing for like, the olympics or like a ballerina dive oh okay cool cool <laughs> we gotta do a duet something like that there you go <laughs> All right, so the 2009 Angels, how far have we drifted from that team that was put together in your mind? Uh, well, I, well, we have zero of those players. We have <laughs> zero of the coaching staff there. So, I mean, I, I completely off, right? I don't think we have any of the coaches anymore. I, everyone from the Mike Sosha era is gone, from my knowledge. And that was actually the Tony Regan's era. Oh, the training staff. Oh, yeah, there you go. I was waiting <laughs> for connection. that. I was waiting for that, bro. I really was. So there, We found the connection. <laughs> training staff is still there. Um, but, yeah, uh, everybody's changed. It was a Mike Sosha-led team. Tony Regans was a GM, which he was Mr. Passive-Aggressive during the deadline. I hated that about him. Abe Flores was a farm director. Scouting director was Eddie Bain. So, yes, none of those people sound familiar. And also the attendance that year was 3.2 million. So second out of, of 14 teams in the American League. Already loves it. Yeah. Already loved it. He's getting paid. That's all he cares about. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So uh, you want what do you want to hit on first about this 2019? Well, uh, that was the team that if you ask a lot of Angels fans that like should have made the World Series, right? Mm -hmm. That was the, the failed re, uh, World Series re, redo, if you will. Mm -hmm. I actually I – actually, think it's almost a tie or maybe 2005 was a little bit better like a tad bit better but i'd say 2005 and 2009 one of those teams should have made the world series You're absolutely right this was a, this was a very good squad uh we'll go down the list of all the players on the team um on here and then who we liked and disliked uh from a from a fan standpoint uh so uh Perfect. yeah you want to talk about the starting lineup yeah let's talk about the starting lineup go for it no, you go for it. Oh, okay. I always do it. Fine, fine. <laughs> uh, so you had catcher position, which was not a weakness. Uh, it was Mike Napoli, which uh, for the first time in a long time, I don't think Angel fans remember a Lance Parrish, but that was the last best catcher the Angels had hitting-wise up until Mike Napoli, and Parrish was pl played in the late 80s. And then you had Kendris Morales, who had an uh, almost an MVP-type season, uh, he was batting uh, first base, 
Howie Kendrick was your second baseman, very solid. Uh, Eric Ibar, who everyone loved and was who was so underrated when it came to just the little things that he did that people didn't notice, um, besides the stuff he did at shortstop. Uh, Sean Figgins was still playing third base and actually having a really good season. Uh, Juan Rivera was in left field, a good trade that we got from Washington. Uh, Torrey Hunter obviously was anchoring center field. Bobby Abreu was in right field. And Vlad Guerrero was doing Vlad Guerrero things uh, for the most part, even though he had an injury-plagued season at DH. And a notable guy was, I did not mention, some dude named Mike Trout. I don't, I don't think he was around back then. Yeah, he got drafted that year. Yeah, but he was not. It, it's, it's hard to think of this Angels team, even in 2009, without Mike Trout. Because he seems like he's been there forever. I mean, he has. He's been, he's the longest tenured angel. Yeah, now. but I mean, yeah, yeah. But I mean, with a player like him, I mean, you could you could think about. Well, I've seen Trout jerseys forever, but not really. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, it it's been a long time. You know, it is crazy to think about like a pre-Trout Angels. It mm-hmm. really is, just because I feel like we've had it forever. But I feel like it was almost the same thing with like Pools. They were both around from, you know, 2012 to 2021. And obviously Trout, in theory, is still going to be around for a long time. Pujols is gone now. But, you know, it was the same thing with the Pujols jerseys around the stadium. Mm-hmm. That's true. Both. Let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. Will we still see Pujols jerseys around Angel Stadium next year? Yes, and you can easily uh, realize without asking the person, yeah, you're a honk. You're a halo honk. Because I think for the majority of uh, Angel fans, uh, you're still – because you got to think about this. I, I think once Pujols actually hangs it up, um, I, I think you're going to see people be more more brash about wearing their Pujols jerseys and not worrying about the flack, especially when the Angels begin to honor him. Because you know Artie will. So at some point, yeah, yeah, They're, he's going to get some love, and he'll be around. You remember he still has that ten year services contract. That's at right. Some point. Not a lot of Angels so, know about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he'll be around. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I so when you know I, I don't want to get too off topic, but when will it be acceptable to wear a Pujols jersey? Is it like you said in a couple of years when he does hang it up, then it's like okay? Because like when somebody wears a Josh Hamilton jersey, it's like dude, take that shit off! Like why are you wearing that? Yeah, but like will it ever be okay to wear a Pujols jersey? Um, Angels I, jersey, of course. I would have to say Hall of Fame, even though he he's nowhere near going to touch the Angels as far as uh, being recognized as a Angels Hall of Famer. Uh, which would be stupid if the Angels didn't retire his number here too, or or at least put him in the Hall of Fame. It's, it'd be dumb. But I do know that once he goes Hall of Fame, people are going to want to jump on that, even if it's an Angel jersey and they're going to wear it. So, hey, it'll be a throwback at some point. You know yeah. what I mean? At some point, maybe in like ten years. Yeah, it's always going to be whenever Pujols gets brought up. It's always going to be one of those. Well, you know, Albert Pujols had such a great career, and then. You know, remember the days he was in uh, in Anaheim and how he didn't play that great. It's like it's always going to be that, you know. Yeah, it'll always it'll always be that. It'll be almost like the meme. Yeah, it, the meme of the pools. It's going to be freaking his his career's basically divided in two. His Hall of Fame career happened in St. Louis, and he was an average to above average player at times with the Angels. And that's it. Yeah, and, and the Dodgers apparently. Teal yeah. Albert, <laughs> Dodger <laughs> legend. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. So uh, let's go back. Yeah, we could probably do a whole episode about Pujols' Angels career. Maybe that's an offseason idea. Maybe. But um, so let's real quick, the 2019, the number one thing that pops up to my mind, besides the deep playoff run, that was the last deep playoff run we ever went on. Because mm-hmm. uh, 2014 was, of course, the last time we made the playoffs, got swept in the first round by the almost champion Royals. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the thing that pops up to my mind is that in August, the Angels had a time period where every single person in the lineup was batting over 300. Yeah, they had probably their most balanced lineup they've had in years. Uh, Yeah, I'm looking at the same thing, their averages. I mean, we would kill for these averages. Uh, The nine players that I talked about, their averages are 272, 306, 291, 312, 298, 287, 299, 293, 295. I mean, dude. That is leading the that's that's killing, bro. And you had you had one, two, three, four, five guys hitting uh no, you had four guys hitting over twenty home runs, and you had another two over fifteen. So I mean these yeah. guys were these guys were driving in runs. 
Well, so, um, you know, to piggyback off of what you said, mm-hmm. so the day that they were all batting over 300. So let's look real quick at that lineup. So this was, like I said, it was in August of mm-hmm. 2009. Um, Sean Figgins was leading off and he was batting 308. Bobby okay. Abreu was uh, second, batting 310. Then Rivera, who was also batting 310. You had Vlad Guerrero, I almost said Vlad Guerrero Jr., uh, <laughs> batting 313. Um, after him, you had Kenry Morales batting 303. You had Tory Hunter batting 307. Mm-hmm. You had Asturias, who's batting 300. You had Mike Napoli batting 301. And then finally, ninth, you had Eric Ibar batting 313. That was in August. Yeah, that's not normal. Not normal at all. Exactly. I mean, we were they were so far into the year, and they had that. I mean, that's crazy to me. Who was their hitting coach back then, by, by chance, if you can pull that up? Because I'm impressed with these numbers that you're bringing up. And also, if you look at the walks, uh, Napoli had 40, Morales had 46, Kendrick never really was a patient hitter. He had 20, but he had 30 walks from Eric Ibar, 101 by Sean Figgins, 101 for your leadoff dude in 729 plate appearances. That's not bad. 94 walks for Bobby Abreu. Remember how good Bobby Abreu's eye was. He didn't really mash the numbers, but I love the fact that this year he did. He was 15 home runs and 103 RBIs. So he's not like today where guys hit like 40 homers and drive in 80. He was he was driving in runs, uh, singles, doubles. He was a hitter that is the, the type of hitter that is not around in the league right now. Great eye, but he didn't have to go deep all the time. When runners were on, he's just trying to score them. You know what I mean? Um, Absolutely. He's definitely a hitter that the Angels could use right now. But Sean Figgins and Bobby Abreu jumped out to me in the amount of walks and the patience they had that year. So um, 2009, Mickey Hatcher. Yep, see, there you go. Mickey, yeah, Mickey Hatcher, he was a coach for the Reds, if I remember correctly, also? Uh, I don't know if he was a was coach he? for the Reds. I just know he left the Angels and went to, I believe, the Dodgers afterwards briefly, and they didn't give him a stint anywhere close to the Angels. And then I don't even know if he's in baseball anymore. Yeah, I don't think so. Um, but yeah, 2009, yeah, Mickey Hatcher. So the rest of that staff was obviously Mike Sosha was the manager, and those were still the golden years. Yes. Uh, bench coach was Ron Renicky. I was a big Ron Renicky guy when he was still here with us. I agree. I agree. Uh, Mike Butcher was the pitching coach. Like I already said, Mickey Hatcher. Uh, you had Alfredo Griffin, who was our first base coach, and he was our first base coach for quite a while. I love Griffin. Uh, as did I. Uh, third base coach was Dino Ebel, and the bullpen coach was Orlando Merisado. Yeah, yeah, that guy. That guy was around for a long time. Um, yeah, you know the the coaching staff was great. I think uh, they had just lost. Um, what is it? Uh, who um, the the previous pitching coach? Uh, I think he had went to Milwaukee. No, or, or was it San Diego? Uh, Butcher was there from two thousand and seven to twenty fifteen. Okay, then then uh, you're thinking about Bud Black. Bud Black was a pitching coach, and he left in two thousand six. Okay, okay, got you. To go to San Diego. Yeah, yeah, he got his first. And job. Bud Black was a great pitching coach mm-hmm. for us, and he was a pretty good manager with the Padres as well. Um, but yeah, I would love Bud Black to come back in some capacity, if possible. I would have thought he would have been out of Colorado, and then he would have had a chance to come back. But it is what it is. Another thing that you know, you brought up Meisers Turris. <clears throat> Meisers Turris was on this team, and you brought up his three hundred average. And I'm like, I'm looking at this too. Eight home runs for Mighty Meiser, as uh, Steve Fiz- or uh, Rex Hudler used to call him. Sixty-five RBIs, batting three hundred. That little dude and him between him and and Ibar, they were fun to watch up the middle when they played second and short. Or or Meiser was just so good you could plug him in anywhere. I mean that dude was bad. And then if you remember, we had we still had Gary Matthews in that terrible contract. He was on the bench. You have, I mean, he batted 250. That's definitely serviceable. I mean, right now, I mean, 250 off a bench we would take. He would be like, oh, my God. Bro, this year, 250 would have led the team at times. Yeah, right. <laughs> they would have uh, been right behind uh, Otani. Yeah, then and, you, had, and, you had nobody's favorite, Jeff Mathis at 211. Hey, hey, did you see that meme that said Jeff Mathis has a World Series ring? Yeah. Mike Trout doesn't? <laughs> yes, I was yeah. like, oh, man. That's so messed up. 
um, you had Rob Quinlan, which I was never a fan of. I, I think he had pictures of Mike Sosha. He, he kept making the roster every year, taking roster spots from other guys. Um, Reggie Willits. Uh, wow, I like the name I have not heard in a long time. I liked that dude. Um, he couldn't hit that good, but he was very good uh, at putting in base running situations, uh, outfield late game substitutions. Uh, another guy, Brandon Wood, batted 195 <laughs> that year. Every Angels fan just nightmare. You say Brandon Wood, and it's like, oh, my God. Yep, yep. And here's another one that he couldn't hit the broad side of the barn with the Angels. But I don't know if you remember, he went to the Pirates and was pretty decent. Um, Sean Rodriguez. I don't remember him at all, if I'm being honest. He's you just don't? a name that completely escaped my mind. Oh, okay, because he was another uh, 4A player I, I thought was destined to do nothing. He got waived by the Angels or traded to the Pirates, and he goes over to the Pirates and becomes a starter and does really, really good. Um, there's Freddie Sandoval, never panned out. Uh, Terry Evans, which I he never got a shot. Socha did not like him. He was a good hitter. Chris Pettit. Um, and then you had Bobby Wilson and Ryan Buttle. Those are all the guys that made their uh, made their way into the lineup at some point, either September call-ups or uh, during the season as backups. Bobby Wilson was a catcher, right? Because I, I remember him. Correct, yes. He was supposed to be another one of those guys that were going to come up and do something but never did. Yeah, in typical Angels fashion, right? I mean, it's it's been like that almost our entire history. This that, guy's going to be great. That, that was the narrative. <laughs> every time it still is unfortunately yeah yeah i mean they're kind of turning the table with marsh and and, and adele now but i mean like for a while like you're right i mean they, you'd call up a guy and you'd be like oh man you see him smashing down there in triple a and then do absolutely nothing up here i mean realistically i mean if you really like close your eyes and think about it when was the last time we had a prospect who like oh this guy's a can't miss prospect and they panned out mm. Uh, trout. I mean, the, the, yeah, we'll we'll eliminate Trout. Hell, we'll even eliminate like Jared Weaver because, like, I feel like those are two that did. Those are like obviously panned out. But like, who else can we really think of that people were like, yeah, that guy's gonna be good. I think the only guy I could think of is is the guy I just brought up would be Adele. If if, if Adele yeah. can actually hit his potential, that's the guy that people were saying since day one. But other than that, most of the guys that have panned out over the years with the Angels are guys that you wouldn't think of, and they just came up here and they started mashing for whatever reason. Yeah, Cole Calhoun, why my David Fletcher, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, Jared Walsh, those are just kind of names that just came out of nowhere. I mean, you know, Fletcher was a, like, top 15 prospect for the Angels, but, I mean, he never got a look for Major League Baseball prospect list. Same with Cole Calhoun. He just kind of snuck his way in, and all of a sudden he came up, played some pretty decent right field. Yeah, just the same narrative forever for us, you know. Yeah. See, some of these organizations are blessed. Even you could look at it and some people will say, well, it's because they're so bad for so long they're able to draft. But then how are teams like Houston, who have been perennial winners, who you think the, the gas would have ran out already on those top prospects, able to continue to have guys in the minors to where you're like, hey, watch out for so-and-so or Gutierrez or whoever, because they're going to be up here in a couple uh, years and they're going to be tearing it up. And lo and behold, you know, because if you look at the what the Astros did this year with the homegrown talent, most of that is homegrown talent. And you'd be yeah. like, damn, they did it without Verlander. They did it with an aging Grinky uh, because they're able to have a good farm system and players come through. And like you said, you can look back a couple years and be like, yeah, those are hit, uh, can't miss prospects that are eventually going to make it through the pipeline. You can't, like you said, can't do that with the Angels. It's almost like, hey, the can't miss guys, don't count on them. But those guys, diamonds yeah. are rough. <laughs> yeah, the diamonds are the rough. We get every time. <laughs> exactly. Those are the dudes. Oh, yeah, it's it's been horrible. I mean, you know, it'd be nice to finally have some really good draft picks who are really highly touted who actually pan out. Well, that's hopefully going to change now that Perry's just reshuffled the cards, right? So Yeah, with the new farm director, new scouting directors, and new scouts. Hopefully all that's going to slowly start. I would, I would hope that Perry has a sense of pride this year mm-hmm. because of what happened with the Braves. Hey, yeah. you know what? I helped build that. So hopefully that mentality comes here because we need it. God knows we need it. <laughs> I agree with you a hundred percent. I I really <laughs> think he he wants to put his stamp on his team. 
he yes. just he just seems like that type of dude. So I'm I'm hoping you're right, man. It's gonna rely on R.D. Moreno though. And one thing, one final thing, I'll say before we get back, you know, onto the topic we're talking about, is just simply the fact that the the Angels have a very clo- a small window here. It's closing. We've been knowing forever that you know what our window is getting smaller and smaller. And for whatever reason, like there keeps being enough of an extension where it's like, okay, well, maybe we got one more year. I predict the Angels, and I'm sure you're going to agree with me, have a two- to three-year window here. I'm hoping that this year, 2021, they can sneak into the playoffs. 2022, okay, we'll win some playoff games. And then 2023, like, okay, that's when it's all hands on deck. Trout's going to start to decline. Rendon's, I mean, already declining. But hopefully it's just been injuries and hopefully – He'll at least regain four for the next two, three years. So he'll be declining at that point. Shohei Otani might not be here anymore. So like two or three years, that's when we need to compete. So hopefully Perry can open up that door a little bit more. You know, Adele and Marsh will help. If some of these arms we just drafted pan out, well, that window reopened. Yeah, it's similar to what happened in Atlanta that you brought up Atlanta a few years back. They totally retooled. And now they're where they're at. And the smart GM decisions during the regular season not to give up on a team that was 500 helped them get to the playoffs and to the World Series. So it can be done. I'm with you. The Angels can sneak into the postseason this uh, this upcoming year. And, hell, they probably could, bro. They could have this year. But you've said it since day one. I've said it since day one. The training staff's been terrible. Those injuries really killed this team because they were 500 despite everything. Uh, most For the of, longest time. Yeah, so I mean, Atlanta was able to flip the switch. We weren't. So hopefully that's that changes, and maybe with a collective bargaining agreement, we get two extra teams like we had during the COVID uh, experiment season that didn't count. And if we did get that, there's we have to. You would think we have to at least get a yeah. one game postseason opportunity. You would think, you know. Yeah, to me that's a victory. Yeah, you know what I mean. Make the playoffs. You lose the first game. Well, you know what? I wasn't expected to make an impact this year. Yep. But you never know. You could be like the Giants, who were same thing. Hey, maybe we'll make one game, and oh, they killed everybody. <laughs> yeah, you know they won mean? seven games. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So you never know. You never know. Yeah. All right. So back onto the topic. Uh-huh. So we were. Uh, I think we worked our way through the bench. So now it's on to the pitchers. Yeah, pitch- that was a, a pretty decent pitching rotation. I mean, you had Jared Weaver in prime Jared Weaver times. Yeah, hit us up with some of those numbers, man. Take care of the pitching style. I did the hitting. Take care of the pitching. Yeah, so, I mean, Jared Weaver um, – let me pull up his 2009 numbers here. So, 211 innings pitch, which for us Angels fans is unheard of nowadays, right? We don't, we don't have pitchers throw more than 50 innings, right? Wait, he did that in two seasons, right? Yeah. <laughs> No, no, that was oh, one year. One year, wow, okay. Dude, he hit over 200 innings well, four times and then over 150 innings almost every other year. Not so bad. it's bad. crazy. I mean, even his final year with us in 2016, still 178 innings. I mean, he was still, you know, reliable in the sense of who's going to take a ball every couple days. Real, real quick question on Weaver before you move on. I just want to know yeah. when when do an when does an Angel player actually um, qualify to be an Angels Hall of Famer? Like how long do they have to wait? Because uh, he has numbers, I believe, similar or better than Chuck Finley. So he's second all time uh, in uh, wins. Yeah, Finley's number one. Yeah, um, I don't think he's. I think he's top three in strikeouts. Okay. So, so, but I don't think there's a set number. It's not like a in baseball you got to be retired for like what, five years. Five years, five years, yeah. I, I don't think the Angels Hall of Fame has anything like that. Because I would love for Weaver to get inducted. That's all I wanted to say. I, I think he deserves it. Uh yeah, no, absolutely. It's without a question. I mean, I always kind of go back and forth on if he deserves to have his number retired in general. Mm, yeah, yeah, that's that's a good one too. But there's several players you look at the Angels that should be retired, and they're just not for whatever reason. So I wouldn't hold my breath when it comes to him getting his number retired. I mean, it's just it's just weird how the Angels consider retired numbers. They're not like the Yankees or the Dodgers who have that mindset of oh, we've had so many players. It's you know it's hard to retire numbers. We're not going to really do that. Um, you know, especially the Dodgers, they don't retire anybody. Um, but I, I do believe they don't. He, don't they have a lot of retired numbers? 
No, because look at Pujols is wearing Hershiser's number. And don't you agree Hershiser's number should be freaking retired? Uh, you know, yes, Sosha, Sosha is a fringe guy you would think uh, have his number retired as a catcher for them. No, everyone's wearing his number. Uh, they, they really don't retire, guys. And, and the Yankees, you have to be like Derek Jeter. Um, well, the, the Yankees have to because they've had multiple double digits. At some point, they're not going to have enough peppers. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But they have. See, so, real quick, the Dodgers have Pee Wee Reese, Tommy Lasorda, so that's one and two. Duke Snyder is number four. Jim Gilli- Gilliam, mm-hmm. uh, who is number 19. Don Sutton, who is number 20. Walter Alston, who is 24. Sandy Koufax, who is 32. Roy Campbell, who is 39. Jackie Robinson, of course. Uh, Don Drysdale. And those are the numbers they have retired. Yeah. That's- so, I, that's a pretty decent amount. Yeah, you know, I didn't think of that. I didn't think of that. And those are because <laughs> I'm just thinking of my, like, you know, my watching them over the 80s and, and, you know, obviously not too long ago, you would think some more numbers would be retired. But, you know, you got me there. You got me there. Real quick. Now we're on the topic. I think the Angels have five retired numbers, just because I'm sure now there's people who are like, well, how many do the Angels have? <laughs> Let's see. So the Angels have, of course, Gene Autry is number 26. They have Carew. Uh, they have Nolan Ryan. They have. Jimmy Reese and then uh, Fergozzi. Yeah, two of those aren't players, and I don't agree that um, Rod Carew should be retired. He's already retired in Minnesota. He was a Minnesota legend. He spent what six years here, seven years. Uh, yeah. I, I think I think you gave him that because of uh, his three thousandth hit. Uh, I think Tim Salmon should be up there. Garrett. I mean, there should be at least four guys from that two thousand two squad. Um, and even you could even put up Frankie Rodriguez because of all the numbers he did as a closer. Um, especially if yeah, he, Francisco. Well, Francisco Rodriguez is a Hall of Famer. Yes, people crucify me for saying that. It's like I'm a leper, you know, for saying that. But no, he's a Hall of Famer, and no, he it, should definitely be in the Angels Hall of Fame. And I agree because if you if you think about it, someone I just talked about the other day, Lee Arthur Smith, was a closer for us and about 15 other teams, and he racked up a lot of saves. Frankie Rodriguez passed that, and it took Lee Arthur, I think, like 17 seasons to get that long or whatever. Frankie had got a, got ahead of him on that, so he so if he's a Hall of Famer, that should put Frankie in the Hall of Fame as well. He should be a Hall of Famer. You're absolutely yeah. I, right. He should go. You know, and people are going to be like, wait, wait, wait. He is an Angels Hall of Famer because he made it with the 2002 team. Remember, they inducted the entire team. No, 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 no. He deserves to be single-handedly mm-hmm. an Angels Hall of Famer. Uh, I could definitely buy his jersey being retired. People are also going to be like, what are you guys talking about? I'm unsubscribing. You guys are stupid. <laughs> but he was good as an angel. He was great as an angel. Yes. I was there when he set the record for the uh, saves. When, when he set the all-time record. That was freaking crazy. So, um, I, and 208 look, saves as an angel, by the way. Mm-hmm. He put up some great numbers. Uh, he, was, he was a very reliable closer, and so was Percival. So you, you, have, you have some players that – are if they're not going to make the Hall of Fame, they should at least make the Angels Hall of Fame. And yeah, I mean he's got 437 career uh, saves. Yeah, yeah, he was he was a beast wherever he went. Uh, yeah, let, let, yeah. Let's get back to that rotation. What what did it look like? Uh, give me a second here. Got to pull it back up. That was because okay. I was looking at the Jared Weaver numbers. Uh, so we had John Lackey. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had Matt Palmer. Uh, Sean O'Sullivan and uh, Aaron Santana. Oh yeah, Urban Santana. Yeah, and John. Santana. And John. Uh, he said John. Uh, Joe Saunders. Oh, I thought he was a he was a starter, right? Yeah. Yeah, Joe Saunders. Yeah, he was very underrated. He was sixteen and seven on that on that team. He had one hundred and eighty six innings pitched too, so that's very high for the Angels as well. Like you were saying, um, the relief. What stands out to me about this team is looking up and down the players that made the bullpen at some point or um, were in the bullpen. And there's some names in here that a lot of Angel fans remember, and uh, there's some that people are like, wow, okay, uh, because they wound up being good or things happened. Um, I don't know if you want to get into that. You want to do the bullpen or? Yeah. So, uh, what, Brian Fuentes, mm-hmm. uh, Darren Oliver. He, well, by the way, Jason- real quick. Fuentes was my least favorite closer. I hated that guy as a closer. Couldn't stand him as a closer. <laughs> really? 
Yeah, he he never did it. I mean, he had a great year this year, 48 yeah, saves. Yeah, 48 saves. But he was – dude, he was shaky as all get out, dude. 393 <laughs> ERA. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm all – I mean, I'm trying to think in terms of, like, recent closers. I mean, he was – you know, you take out Raystel Iglesias. I mean, who else have we really had over the last, like, decade? Um – and I guess technically 2009 is out of the decade now. You know, when you start hitting our age, you know, mm-hmm. things feel like it was two two years ago and it was actually like 20 years ago. Yeah. <laughs> Agreed. Agreed. Uh, yeah. No, I, I really, I mean, we had Houston Street, but it was like a car. It was just like a fake version of Houston Street. You know, it wasn't Rockies Houston Street that the Angels had. So you can't put his name on there. You know, you had Keenan Middleton, who was decent prior to the Tommy John surgery. And then he had Tommy John surgery. Yeah, bad. You, you had our friend Ty Buttry. We love the guy. Mm-hmm. Um, but besides that, I mean, you know, you, after Rysel Iglesias, I mean, the Angels haven't had a lot of good closers over the last several years. I think that was – but see, that that's the thing, though, about Fuentes. I think that was his best season. If I go back here with the Angels, yeah, 48 saves. He had 30 with Colorado the previous season. I mean, he had 204 career saves, which, you know, is decent. Yeah, yeah. But he just, he, he, what I want, what I mean is he didn't scare me. He came out with that slider breaking ball. Like he, he didn't, he didn't come out with like fire as we're used to. I, I guess we were spoiled because, you know, we had Lee Arthur, we had uh, Troy, and we had Francisco for all those years. So Fuentes yeah. was just like the fall off of that. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's fair. And it, I, so the rest of the bullpen here. We had uh, Darren Oliver, uh, Jason Bulger, uh, Kevin Jepsen, mm-hmm. uh, who I was a fan of, mm-hmm. and then Jose uh, Aaron Arredondo. Uh, Arredondo. Mm-hmm. I really like Darren Oliver. I he was so clutch coming out of bullpen situations. They they would literally be like, "Oh, bases loaded, nobody out." Throw in Oliver, and and Oliver just had some wicked stuff, dude. I mean, he was very underrated. I, he had a nice career. Two point seven one ERA that year. That's Pretty yeah. crazy. Yep. Let alone through 73 innings. That's not a small sample size. No, it's not. It's not. And uh, you mentioned Matt Palmer. That dude, 11-2 and two that year, 121 innings pitched. He was very underrated. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't remember him having that good of a season. But, I mean, you know, looking at – I mean, 3.93 ERA certainly isn't anything crazy. But 121 that pitched, you know, that's an awful lot. Well, so like another thing we don't see often. Oh yeah, nowadays. <laughs> and I think I think a lot of these uh these pitchers had pretty good like um ER or win win records because the Angels are mashing like you brought up earlier. Everyone's hitting three hundred. So yeah, you're, absolutely. You're gonna score some it runs. Took some pressure off. Yeah, it did. It did. Um, yeah, the back end of that bullpen. I don't know if you have the other names for it, but it definitely is a mash unit when you look at their ERAs and you look at um. You know the the time periods where some of these players are in their career. Yeah, I mean, you know, some of the other guys who had a decent amount of innings, uh, Shane Lowe, mm-hmm. Lux, Lux. Yeah, I think it's Lux. Lux, uh, Sean O'Sullivan, uh, Justin him. Spear didn't get too many. I mean, forty innings were starting to trail towards you know not got not getting enough playing time. Mm-hmm. Uh, Scott Casimir, Rafael Rodriguez, Trevor Bell. So a lot of those other guys, you know, didn't have too big of an impact in terms of innings pitched but and you know in terms of era nothing great either Mm -hmm. uh well yeah and the one there's a couple guys that pop out at me right here uh scott shields at the end of his career he was banged up he was he 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 had lost his luster he was the previous setup guy for years for frankie um and then nick aiden hart unfortunately this was a year he passed away uh he had that one start and then uh kelvin escobar who was just, uh, you know, I think injury plagued that year. He was a good starter for the Angels when they got him from Toronto. I really liked his stuff, but boy, did he tell off. that was This would be his final year as well. Yeah, uh, going back to Scott Shields, I mean, he was the guy who everyone, uh, who also uh, set up for Percival, correct? Correct, yeah. Yeah, and I mean, you know, he was great back then. I mean, he was basically throwing constantly in the twos here. Uh, you know, 2007, he had a little bit of a hiccup with a 3.86. Um, 
And then what was it? 2004, 3.33 ERA. Besides that, almost all twos until he kind of went on that downhill spiral in 2009 and 2010, which ended up being his final year. Rubber arm, to say the least. A guy, the guy would just come out there. You, you could, you know, there's certain guys that you just you can't do that with now, but you could do then. And and back then, you know, social be, you know, oh, he pitched two games in a row. Yeah, throw him out there again because he's he's going to handle it. And that's the kind yeah. of pitcher he was. And it's kind of sad we don't see that in baseball as much anymore. But uh, yeah, the analytics kind of changed the mentality on you know, yeah, what's possible. But, hey, you never know. I mean, you know, there's some guys who are still capable of doing that. I mean, you know, look at Shohei Otani this year. You know, Joe Madden kind of gave him the keys to the kingdom, and he ended up being great. So, I mean, maybe that's the key to some of these relievers. Maybe they need a little more freedom. Yeah, maybe, uh, because I'm glad you brought up Otani. I mean, if anybody – if you think of how Socha handled him and compared to even the year before what Madden did – than just what he did this year, I was amazed. Yeah, I didn't believe the BS. I thought it was BS in the beginning of the season. I'm like, yeah, right. He's gonna hit and pitch at the same day. Yeah, right. He's gonna play the day after or the day before. I never thought he would get the playing time you were talking about. Never. Yeah, let alone the fact that he would produce the way he did. Yeah, exactly. You know, it's one thing to get the chance. It's one thing to produce. Mm-hmm. I mean, I was there that day uh, when they played the White Sox on Sunday Night Baseball. And he went, yeah, yeah, and, you know, pitched a stellar game. Mm-hmm. I He got removed from the game pretty early, though, because um, when he was covering home plate, oh yeah, uh, yeah, I forgot who it was on the White Sox, ran into him, kind of took him out, and there was a little bit of a scare. And I remember at that moment I was sitting at the Big A, the 400 section, and I'm just like, here we go again. But luckily he didn't get injured and he had a great year. Yeah, exactly. And then, and then you couple that with the fact that he really tailed off in August and September. Like he never got his stride back. And he still finished with some dominating numbers, pitching and hitting. So if he can actually put it together for a whole year, not have the distraction of the home run derby, imagine what he could do. And yeah, no more home run derby, Tony. Yes, none. <laughs> no Angels. All star game. Yeah, all-star game, okay. I, yeah. I'm okay with the all-star game, but home run derby, no, we're done with that, Otani. Yeah, that's an experiment that uh, needs to be – besides, the guy, the guy who's winning for the Mets, he's only doing that to get money because he makes more on that than he does in his – his uh, what's his name? Um, the guy's Pete Alonso. Yeah, he makes more in the home run derby than he makes a year because his contract isn't up to get paid yet. He's still got like one more year. Yeah, he's still on contract renewal, whatever, you know, where it's like league minimum. Mm-hmm. Which is what Jared Walsh is on, so you know what I mean. Yeah, you're getting five hundred and fifty thousand about that. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I can't blame. Him. I'd be doing it too. Yeah, <laughs> I'm I mean, trying to get my bag. If you could double your earnings, why not? Right. So, especially because I mean, I think for participating alone, you get like I think a hundred grand. Was it? No, you get you, some- get you get uh, four hundred fifty thousand. Uh, or no, no, you're right, you're right. A hundred grand to participate, four hundred fifty thousand to win. And then I think you also get some sort of um, what is it? No, uh, he gets a million dollars to win. Oh, okay, okay. And then and he then got you, a million. Damn. Okay, that's not bad. And then also you get uh, endorsements because I did see he had two more commercials this year, so he's he's racking it in when it comes to that. Yeah, absolutely. So I mean, for someone like him, it makes sense. But I mean, Otani, you know, please don't. Yeah, <laughs> I'm begging yeah. you. It, it doesn't at all. Um. So to I guess to wrap up, maybe we should talk about the, their playoff run. Yes, let's talk about that. All right, so playoff in the A, uh, they, they won their division. Mm-hmm. Um, they played the Red Sox in the divisional series. Angels swept the Red Sox. Which was the only thing I remember from that series real quick was Vlad hitting the grand slam in the game, uh, the, the, the clinching game in Boston. I thought that was great. It was a big FU to Boston because we hadn't beaten Boston in the postseason until that year. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So from there, went to the ALCS, lost to the Yankees, mm. four games to two. That one, that one stung because, if I remember correctly, I think at this point a lot of people were buying the Angels to be a World Series favorite. Yep, yep. A lot of people were like, "Oh, they're going to win the World Series, or they're at least going to make it to the World Series." Because that's when the Phillies were still good. Yeah. So a lot of people were predicting Phillies Angels, and because of a brave, a lot of people were like, "Oh, that'd be a great matchup." Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You're going to go, you're going to face your old team. Wasn't the case. Mm-hmm. The Yankees went on to the World Series, 
to defeat the Phillies four games to two. And that's the last World Series the Angels, uh, sorry, the Yankees have won. And that was also a year that you saw two guys that people as Angel fans really hated win a World Series. I mean, you could you can name more Yankees, but I'll just give you two that Angel fans couldn't stand at the time. And that was one or number two was Alex Rodriguez. And number one was Mark Teixeira. Uh, after getting burned with that trade, the Angels fans really, uh, you know, not the trade, but the um, the fact that he signed with the Yankees, it really burned and chapped the Angels uh, fans asses. And the fact that he won and then defeated us to move on, I that god damn, I couldn't stand that prick. I still can't stand him when he tries to get on. I think he's FS1 or MLB Network. When he tries to get on there and, and spew his rhetoric, it's like I, I just change the channel. I can't stand that dude. Yeah, I definitely uh, putting salt in the wound. Yes, yes, that's the phrase I was looking for. But you know, it ended up working out for us because we ended up using that compensation pick to draft Mike Trout. Granted, you know, I know there's a lot of people out there who are like, well, we haven't done anything with Mike Trout, blah, 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 blah. But, I mean, hey. Yeah, yeah. All you can ever do is make the best draft picks available. And the draft for the Angels in 2009 was great. Not only did they get Mike Trout, they got Tyler Skaggs. Yes. Garrett Richards. Patrick Corbin. Um, who else did they get? Three proven MLB starters. Yeah, absolutely. I'm trying to see who else we got. I know we got a lot. Is that it? No, that can't be it. Are those the only ones that they were able to get up to the uh, major leagues? The one thing, too, that's remembered uh, remembered about that season 2009, too, is obviously like we brought up Aiden Hart's passing, the tragic passing of him. Uh, a lot of players really wanted to win one for him. Uh, they if they had the jersey up in the uh, dugout, they had you know uh, Weaver would when he'd start he'd run out to center field, tap the thirty four and then go back out to the mound. They had the thirty four driven uh, written on the mound. Uh, it was the battle yeah, yeah. cry, and and and, a lot, and that was a sentimental team. Even if you weren't an Angels fan, people were really pulling for the Angels to get to the World Series. Yeah, that that, that was a really rough year when the uh, when he got killed by the drunk driver. It was in uh, Fullerton, correct? Correct. Yes. Yeah, I remember that was that wasn't an Angels thing. That was it was all over the place. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. It was on ESPN. It was it was a very big deal. Yeah. Um, and you know there was a lot more. There was a lot of people who just had like unanimous sympathy. You know, with the Tyler Skaggs passing, there was a lot of people who had different opinions and like, mm -hmm. oh, well, he was, you know, it's his fault. Blah 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 blah. Obviously, that's not the way we feel, mm -hmm. but. You know, there was a lot of people who had negative feelings toward Tyler Skaggs because, you know, they feel like his reputation was tarnished, whatever. Those are that's their opinions. Like I said, I know you and I don't agree, but, you know, with Nick Aidenhart, it was like a universal outpouring for the Angels. It was like, wow, that's tragic. This kid was so young, especially because Nick Aidenhart uh, was starting to show flashes of real potential. I mean, you know, a lot of us like to say that he would have been, you know, an anchor of the rotation for a while with Weaver. Yeah, yeah, he. he so, Everyone was at least projecting him to be a two or a three and maybe have a shot at number one. He had that kind of good stuff. He was that type of player that you were talking about earlier that we did that we just don't have, the kind of guy you look at the minors and like, oh, that guy, it's just a matter of time before he comes up here and does good things. And he was that kind of guy. And then for it to happen the very night he makes his debut, uh, I think was not only more tragic but frustrating in effect. And uh, just, yeah, you're right. I mean, they had the sympathy of all of baseball. Uh, you would see the Angels go into other teams' stadiums getting standing ovations uh, or or just the fact that, you know, um, the players would get cheered, where they, whereas, you know, they're not getting booed as much because of, like you said, they're get, they got that sentimental fee, uh, factor. People were, uh, you know, it, it was it was very emotional uh, to see the press conferences and everything that transpired the days after and even into the postseason. I mean, uh, the team was just – it, they they wanted to win one for the Aiden Hart family so bad. Absolutely. And like I said, you know, the Angels were highly picked by a lot of people. Unfortunately, it just wasn't the year. 97 wins. I mean, that, that was a great squad. You know, they, they were up there. Yeah, it's hard to complain when you have that good of a season. You know, unfortunately, that's just the way baseball is. And I think that's why we love baseball. You know, the best team record-wise doesn't always win. The mm -hmm. Giants didn't win this year. I mean, what well, the Dodgers were right behind them. They didn't win this year. 
it was the Braves. I, you said were just got hot at the right time. You know, their front office believed in the team, and look what happened to them. And that's what how baseball is. 2014, the Eagles had the best record of baseball. And we got swept in the first round by the Royals. You just never know with this game, and I think that's why we love it. Yeah, and, and I'm glad you brought up the Braves. Three different outfield setups because of due to injury. And the last one that they went out there and they, they picked up Solaire. A lot of people were like, oh, Solaire's having a terrible year with the Royals. You gave up too much to get him. He tears it up. He's your MVP. Jock Peterson was floundering a bit with the Cubs. Pearl boy. Yeah, Pearl boy. <laughs> they, they get him. And then who was the center, uh, center field Duvall? Adam Duvall. Yeah. Adam Duvall. Yeah, I mean, they just go out there and they made moves. I mean, like you said, they had faith in the players faith in the team around them that they can all come together. And I, I mean, they lost Ronald Acuna Jr. I mean, Ronald Acuna Jr. is their Mike Trout. Ronald Acuna Jr. is one of the best players in baseball. He's a you know top five, top exactly. eight player in all of baseball. So, you know, there's two different organizations. There's an organization like us who let the loss of Mike Trout and Rendon cripple us. And then there's the Braves who obviously use it as motivation. Yeah, and they weren't these players like okay, they're they're known. Jock Peterson, Solaire, Duval. They're but they're not they're not sexy names to where you're like, oh, you know, these guys are gonna yeah. blow you away. But it's they, not Rendon, it's not Trout, it's not Otani. Like we yeah. have so many big names that you know. Yeah, and see it, they went out there and they're like, Okay, well, these guys fit what we need. They 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 do this right and that does that helps us here. They put everything together and looked at the big picture instead of just names, like you said. And I think that's why they won. And I think that's why they put together such a great team. That is the epitome of a blue-collar baseball team. Absolutely. The Braves are a fun team to watch. So, yeah. I mean, you know, unfortunately, 2009 Angels didn't have the same fate. But uh, who knows? Who, who knows what's in the future for us? And, and we have an all a whole offseason to talk about. Absolutely. <laughs> and we're going to have a lot more of these if you enjoyed this episode. We hope you did. Uh, we're going to talk about other uh, teams. If you uh, want in the comment section, please let us know of a season that you want us to talk about, or maybe even a player to uh, profile as well. Because, uh, uh, you know, Angels history. Oh, wait, something's sneaking up on the camera. What is it? <laughs> you can keep talking. No, 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 no. That's okay. That that, over, that overtook what I was talking about. Go ahead. Oh, uh, Chinook Seeds, guys. Best sunflower seeds out there. If you travel as much as I do, or if you need sunflower seeds when you play sports, try Chinook. No MSG ever, gluten-free, no sandpaper tongue, best seeds out there, I promise. And that you is go on our website, click on our ad, and it'll easy access. And that's the thing about Chinook seeds. I mean, look, I have never until I tried those actually the other day, uh, never had a sunflower seed that didn't give me that sandpaper tongue or the the bottom lip, because I like to have them under my bottom lip. So uh, it, usually that's all tore up by the salt and did not get that. So I was I was calling your I was going to call you out on BS on that one. But <laughs> I have to agree. Chinook seeds are the best. Yeah, no, I absolutely love them. So like I said, go on our website. Uh, there's a banner there. If you click on it, I'll take you straight to their website and it'll let you it'll take you straight to the ordering screen. So you don't have to like, you know, noodle your way through. You can even buy a T-shirt from them if you want. Nice. That's cool. Cool. And speaking of shirts, we got a little something with the shirts, right? Redbubble. Redbubble.com. Halos in the infield. So many designs designed by the talented Randy Yaz. Uh, check uh, check out him, his page. Uh, Fast Times Under the Halo. Mm -hmm. uh, and then uh, check out our Redbubble stuff. He's very talented. He does really good stuff. Yeah, he's got seasonal stuff coming up. Uh, we just did something for the uh, for for a community. We also did. We have uh, the minor league baseball support. Uh, we got all kinds of stuff. So it's not just self promotion stuff. And besides, even if we self promote, that stuff goes back into the Angels community. It does not go into our pockets. It goes into helping out other uh, things that we got going on, or just a page itself with uh, getting more stuff for you guys. Absolutely, yeah. We donate a hundred percent of the money back into the community. Uh, trust me, we've not made a single penny off the merchandise. Actually, we've lost continuous money off of <laughs> we, everything. We are as in the red as that logo behind you. <laughs> yeah, so so in the red. It's not even funny how <laughs> how in the red we are. But you know what? We do it for you guys. Uh, we can't wait to continue to do stuff for the community. We have fun projects uh, coming our way um, for Christmas. Right now, we're working with Petco to potentially uh, donate some money and help us uh, raise awareness for animal shelters in the Orange County area. Mm -hmm. That's something we look forward to. And then we're hoping to do something to help women and children's shelters uh, this holiday season as well. 
we're, we're hoping to do something for the softball game. Uh, so much to come. Just stay tuned on our social media when all that information becomes official and you guys can uh, get involved. If you guys would like to help. Yeah, it sounds like we're an interactive page because I, I know other other pages are jealous that we're this interactive with the fans. So, but hey, you know this is what the, this community should be about, and uh, bringing two things together: the Angels fans and uh, the, the the love for the community, giving giving back. Absolutely. Yep. So, if you got any final thoughts besides that, Viva Los Angelitos, and thanks for tuning in, guys. We absolutely love you guys. Make sure to check out our other podcast. And I need a catchphrase. So with that being said, <laughs> everyone have a Todd Fox. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> uh, well, I got to come up with something German, but it, just, it would just sound, it wouldn't sound right. If I was like, you know, like, cause I'm going to have German background. <laughs> They'd think you, I'm can say, you, you can say that. I can't. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right, everybody have, have a, I guess, rest, good rest of your day, I guess. I don't know. Have, I don't know. There you go. <laughs>